and it's so good because we all like work together I think these yeah. seem like little meaningless conversations but they are so healing in so many ways because yeah. we're not alone you know all these things that I feel I talk to Nancy about I talk to other moms that we train and they're going through the same thing issues with their husbands like yeah. socializing <laughs> trying to make sense of everything it is just so challenging because of the fact that we're in this pandemic and, yeah. and it's like a good thing because it made us slow down, but it's like pretty hard yeah. to constantly be in each other's face and space yeah. <laughs> at the same yeah. time. All right. So I'll introduce myself. I'm Adriana Medina Kagan. I am a personal trainer, an entrepreneur, and a mother. Welcome. Welcome to It's Time to Speak Fuerte. Ya es tiempo para hablar. Podcast number three. Fuerte means strong in Spanish. Being fuerte doesn't solely apply to the physical body. It's about being strong in the mind, the spirit, and the soul, and then cultivating that strength. This podcast is about sharing our strength and how we apply that strength in other departments of our lives. There are many issues that must be addressed that change consistently because life happens. <laughs> there is no better time to connect than now. Last week, we talked about motivation and how it got us through moving towards our goals and seeing our dreams realized. We discussed the struggles, the sacrifices, the disempowering beliefs, and then creating a tribe who will continue to support that growth and help us refine our character. Our topic today is the pandemic. And this is my tribe. I love seeing you. And I'm excited to just share about how it, this pandemic has affected us, our relationships, our careers, our lives. Um, and I think just as girlfriends, how we've made it through this rough time throughout this year, but also throughout the last decade, Nancy, Norma, <laughs> it really helped me just kind of make it through here in Seattle with my newfound friends you know, where we all have a commonality of taking care of ourselves and then just trying to raise kids in a healthy way, like in a really nice, stable home and um, just do our best. So I think it's good to have those relationships because they help us thrive in our fitness, thrive in our health, thrive in our parenting and in those careers. And as our friendships, sometimes we may not see our immediate family. It's, it's great to have your newfound family, like you said, Nancy, <laughs> handling, because even our immediate family also handles the pandemic very differently. And we'll talk about. Yes. <laughs> so uh, ladies, Nancy, Norma's going to join us a little bit later. And Lena, Lena, I've known since high school and college, <laughs> growing up in Idaho. And I met Nancy in the Wallingford location of Puerto Fitness, like a decade ago. Isn't that crazy? Uh, she has just been my friend, my photographer, and just been a part of my major events from competitions to weddings to taking pictures of Sophia and my pregnant belly. <laughs> and then Norma, I just seen her just, she lived next door to me. And then she joined the gym just shortly after. So it's great to see her just really improve her fitness, work on herself, um, get married, and then see her through her two births of her younger children, because she's got an older one and she's got a young, two young ones. They have all kept me sane this last year. Thank you. So I was thinking we could introduce ourselves and talk about like some skills or situations that we learned growing up that have helped us cope through these hard times. And also just helping us balance our need to socialize and then maintain those relationships. I think that's really important 
because how can we maintain relationships when it's hard to have physical contact? We have to be open to do other things. For me, I'm Mexican-American. I grew up working out in the fields. I'm the youngest of eight kids to a single mom, but have six half-brothers and sisters. And I left my house when I was 14. As a child of immigrants, I've learned how to hustle, how to get my needs met, and how to get things done. But it also makes me a little super busy, and it's hard for me to be in the moment and just relax sometimes. My husband has to teach me that. <laughs> so I do a lot of Zoom. I do a lot of text. I do a lot of communication through Marco Polo and other like WhatsApp, FaceTime, the messenger, and then old school conversations. I think physically it's hard to, I haven't really interacted with people outside of my immediate family just because it's hard, unless we're out for a hike or out paddleboarding. I think those are the times that I have interacted with people, which I'm grateful for. But now that the, the weather has turned, it's mostly been like video and celebrating Sophia's birthday on Zoom and then holidays on FaceTime. What about you ladies? Well, like you, Adriana, I am Mexican-American. My mother immigrated from Mexico and my father's mother is immigrated from Mexico as well. So, but I'm of that generation that did not uh, speak Spanish while growing up because my parents didn't want me to have an accent. So I had to learn Spanish later in life. And um, like you, you know, had a challenging time growing up uh, because there were so many, you know, things happening. And I grew up in Idaho as well. But today (laughs) I, (laughs) Northern Northern Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) And today I am a communicator. I've been a communicator all my life, uh, especially when I was a kid helping my mother translate, you know, from Spanish or from English to Spanish. And I was her helper for many, many years of my life and until I left home. But today, so for the rest, uh, as an adult, I became a communicator, either as a photographer, writer, videographer, and now I focus on marketing. And I think the most important thing is storytelling. And that's what I really try to focus Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. That's so wonderful, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. So I'm Lena Mendez. I actually live in California. I've lived here for 17 years. And I was telling my partner the other day, I'm like, I have never in my whole entire life lived in a place longer than I have here in California. So now I feel more Californian than Idaho, but Idaho is always in my heart. Mm-hmm. Anytime people say, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Idaho, even though I haven't <laughs> lived there in many, many years. Um, so I, I work in higher education. I've been in higher education for a really long time, actually. Ever since I started college, I never left. <laughs> a professional student with a master's and a doctorate. And then I just work there and I love it. I love it. Um, but it's also, I have to say that one of the things I love is the fact that we are around young people and they have these visions and dreams yeah. and energy. And it is so rewarding. So this pandemic has really shifted things. Not only for my students, but for myself as a professional and also as a mother of young um, kids, right? Like, how do we navigate uh, homeschooling? Um, my kids always wanted to be homeschooled until they had to. And now they're like, no, mom, we'll go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, um, but it's always this kind of thing. Earlier, you talked about how do we cope? How, you know, I too come from an, um, a mother who was an immigrant and a farm worker. And, you know, we, we grew up low income in Idaho, which is, you know, a different context than where we live at currently. Oh. So looking back, we're able to see a lot of things that um, 
have really shaped us. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Adriana, for this podcast. Thank you for having us. Uh, like I said before, it's nice to talk about these things because you don't think that they really affect our lives right now, even in our health and fitness, but they do. We just haven't seen them yet. And so if they affect us, then we can also take those coping mechanisms into those other departments of our lives and just kind of work through it. I think as children, we just, we weren't in control. Well, we're adult now, so we can control some things. And if you like to control things, then what's best to control than you? <laughs> your body, your mind, where you spend your thoughts at, uh, where you put your effort at, and then how disciplined are you? I think it's, it's great. And it's not just the physical. It's like how disciplined are you even like in what you want to do? Like I was a very curious child. I, I think I just wanted to understand because I had these huge responsibilities like taking care of my brother when I was eight years old and he was just a baby I think that was really hard for me we had to we had to be open to being the adult when we're not the adult and yet we had the stress of having bills to be paid or maybe not having enough to cover the bills and that put a stress on it, it just children really pick up on that like what their elders talk about they really how they handle the situation they also really like will learn from and i think as a child i was like why are we doing this i don't understand and why can't i go to my friend's house if i'm responsible enough to take care of my <laughs> my brother why or why can't my friends come over but it was all there was always this you know well you're a girl and you can't go anywhere because all these things and my brothers could go anywhere they wanted to because they couldn't get anybody else pregnant and I could only be pregnant. It was just a, a very limited mentality. And I think now as a curious person, it's nice to understand the why it makes sense to me and why I do certain things and, and why people are the way they are. I think that's why it makes me interested in doing personal training. Cause I, I can never really understand, well, what is it? What do you, what, what, what do you need help with? Are you, do you, are you no more in a group setting or do you want more personal attention or do you need more of a program? Like, I'm just very curious. And I think that's one thing that really has helped me as parents. We sometimes just tell people or tell our children just to do it. Cause we told you to do it. Right. But that doesn't create any motivation. It just kind of creates that obedience and that pattern of following things instead of like really dreaming or seeing things happen. That curiosity is one of those things can, that kind of reappear in my life and I'm still working on and I always have to reframe. I mean, is there any things that come up life that's like, Whoa. Well, I, I can speak to that. Yeah. Uh, always wanting to know why and that curiosity when I, you know, like you mentioned as a child, we don't have the ability to control our lives. But as we get older as an adult, then, then we can take courses of action to influence our situation and the people around us. But in the pandemic, we also have to be part of society and, and, and our own bubble and sphere of um, people. And the hardest part, I think, for me during the pandemic has to be has been to be isolated. And that really has been very difficult because I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. I, like you, want to know what makes people tick. And <laughs> uh, and so I'm, you know, constantly checking in with them. But because I've been isolated, I've been feeling lonely at times. And mm -hmm. my husband isn't a talker like I am. And I ask lots of questions. And sometimes that bothers him because, you know, <laughs> I want to know why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And, and, and I was a journalist um, earlier in my career. And so I like to find out 
what people do and what shaped their lives and how did they become who they are and what are their aspirations and what are their disappointments. And, you know, growing up in the way that kind of the three of us did shaped who I am as an adult. And so now one of the things that I've done is I listen to mm-hmm. what people say, but I also research it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I listen to scientists. I listen to doctors and um, healthcare uh, professionals. And when it came time, you know, like in Lena's sphere is for education, when it came time for kids to go back to school, like they were really, the school district here was advocating kids to go back to school in September. And I said, no way. I mean, this is not going to happen. And so we had to, you know, double down and decide to do homeschooling for another year. And now, you know, if we'll see how it goes. Um, and so, like you said, that curiosity, but not is very deep in me and that has helped me through this these months but i think that um that right to know what is true to find the truth and to to know that i um investigated all options you know and that i'm making the decision for myself and for my family and so that that is the power that we have as adults now and be, and that is directly related to not to being powerless as exactly. children in our environment because we life happened to us and now life is happening to us again but we have a lot more control exactly and i think as like latinos and growing up mexican american we have all these traditions that we did and some of my parents never even know why they do it it's just <laughs> incredible but as a curious child, you're like, why, why, you know, I don't understand or, or wait a minute, I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I can't get together with you. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, don't take it personal. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But- I think that's one of the hardest things, right? Is that we, they compare love with you not wanting to hang out with them. And it's like, no, because I love you, I want to protect you. And we know that <laughs> And it just makes it so challenging to have our families, like to help them understand that. I have to say for me, it's, you know, I was trained to be a teacher. All my degrees are in education. And I think for me, there was something in there that at some point I developed this love for learning. Mm -hmm. And at one point I just decided, yes, grades are important, but they're not the end all. It's about what did I learn? What am I walking away with? Yes, maybe I didn't get the grade I wanted, but did I learn something? Mm-hmm. And learning from our mistakes, right? Being able to take a look at an exam and say, oh, okay, now I understand why, why I got that wrong. Um, and I also think that that really helped me during this time because for me, I was like, I'm not sending my kids back to school, you know, in person. Like, what are you all thinking? If Harvard decided to cancel school all year, we should have all followed because they know <laughs> exactly. something. Exactly. Saying in a month, let's recheck in two months, you know. So, to me, there was something there, and also the fact that my children are still going to learn, it might not be to the standard or the, the you know, however schools want to measure that, but it's the fact that we get to be together as a family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's like the values that we hold on and how important our health is to be alive, to not die and get COVID. And we've been so fortunate to be following the rules and be healthy. We had talked about boredom. I I have a hard time relaxing. I have a hard time, but I could not sustain the lifestyle that I had prior to COVID. That was, it was really challenging. Play dates, travel, commuting, commuting to the gym up North 
Yeah. I mean, that took another 45, so an hour and a half every day. Now we have more time and we can create what we want because we're, the time is always the valuable asset. Sometimes it's more than money. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time. Because then you can kind of create whatever you want to create, what you see as possible, what you see as impossible. Like, I mean, I think that's, we have to break out of that immigrant mindset where we always have to be busy and doing things. No, it's okay to sit down and reflect and see, well, what is important to us, our family, and we're healthy and we're strong. I participated in other risky behaviors younger in life. I don't need to subject myself to doing that now. <laughs> you scared me there for a minute. <laughs> younger in life. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think I can hold out. I think I can wait a little bit. I think. Just call um, me. <laughs> I'll talk you off the ledge. <laughs> I know, right? It's so hard. Like Sophia would say, I'm bored. And I'll be like, you're bored? Oh, honey, come over here. Let's yes. work on that. <laughs> well, I think that's exactly what happens is you have this paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. And for me, I take a look at my children. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I would love to be you as a child. You have your own room. You have all these you know, gadgets, all this access to knowledge at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my kids were saying, I don't want to go back to school. And I was like, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> we share. Sophia said the same thing today. I said, tomorrow we got school. She's like, mom, I don't like school. I was like, why do you like school? Well, because everybody's outside and we're wearing masks. <laughs> it's three hours, baby, if you can handle it. That's just the social interaction that you have. But it's funny how that just tends to really shift our mindset, right? When we had a lot of harder things early in our life that we had to look at. But it's hard to relay that to our kids. We do have to protect them, yet we do have to make them have kind of skills, but they have to develop it themselves. We can't develop it for them. Summer of 2019, my husband and I decided to, um, my husband retired in 20, late 2017. And so we, we had a plan to move to Bainbridge Island. And so we were looking for a house for a year. We found a house. And then in summer of 2019, we closed on a house and then we went on a trip. We drove across the United States to go to a family reunion and we were gone for six weeks. Uh, And then we came back last fall and we went on a trip to Europe and it was a trip, an education trip. So we started in Rome and we had learned all about, you know, had a whole course of Roman history and we traveled from Rome all to Florence to um, South of France and then up to Paris and then also to Normandy and went to the Normandy beaches. Wow. And it was, but during this big trip in the summertime, we studied and we listened to these history podcasts and we read books and so on. And, and we had planned all this to do a year of homeschooling. And so we did the homeschooling and we thought, okay, we're, we're going to get through the end of, you know, the school year in 2019. Then we're going to put the boys back into school and Finnegan's going to have his, our oldest is going to have his first year of high school. And then the pandemic hit. And so we, we were actually ready. I mean, we already had made the shift. But the shift that I wasn't ready for <laughs> was the isolation because <laughs> I'd already been with three men basically since, you know, June of 2019. So the way I look at it, I've been in isolation for about 19 months, <laughs> three men. But um, the, what Lena pointed out is having that value of 
spending time with family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about preparing your children and teaching them things, you know, the thing that we have been uh, emphasizing this whole time is that we are part of a greater culture. You know, we have to do what's right for our community. And if, if our governor um, and local officials, you know, healthcare providers say, we need to stay at home to stop the spread, then we, that's what we're going to do. We're going to protect ourselves. And we've had problems with family as well. Some family members don't believe it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's so unfortunate because some of I me, mean, I have family members who are sick now with COVID and mm-hmm. thankfully they're recovering. But, you know, yesterday I found out that a very dear friend of mine <clears throat> passed away on New Year's Eve from COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what the circumstances, you know, we're not going to know how it happened or whatever. And I'm not going to blame anyone or anything, but the fact is that he's gone. And this is a paradigm, you know, paradigm shift, like Lena was saying. And um, later in life, our kids are going to know that in extreme situations of adversity, like, like we're in right now, that we have to think of our immediate family and what we're going to do for the, the greater good. And if that means that we have to isolate, then, then we have to do that and we have to be patient. Yes. I love I think that, we're, Nancy. We're, and we're missing that, Nancy. Like you're right. I think we talked earlier about how we're missing that as a community, like the rites of passage. We had to go through a struggle and a challenge to get us through. I think I had a spiritual rite of passage when I left my house at 14 because I had to like develop all these things. And it was physically challenging, like going to school full time and going to work full time. I just, I couldn't, but I knew that if I made it, I would, I could leave that little town. I could make something of myself. I could have more options because I'll have an education. I kept thinking of the end game in mind. Like at the, a, a year from now, we're not going to be in the same spot that we are at. Like th- this is, we can do this for a year. We can do anything for a year. Yeah, but it, it's so hard for some people because they haven't been through those things and they haven't physically been challenged and seen the the betterment of the community. When Europe or London got vaccinated, I listened to uh, a podcast where they were talking about people from London were, were taking the vaccine and would they take it? And everybody was like, Oh yes, definitely. When it's my turn, I will take it. We are not like those Americans that don't believe. (laughs) I was just like, Oh, Oh, it's terrible. It's just (laughs) heart-wrenching because it just got so politicized here. But we have friends that we've lost. I have family in Idaho that were sick, that were on a ventilator. And and yet I still have family that still want to gather for holidays. I just couldn't, I couldn't really understand that. I don't know. It's hard. We could just hold out just for a little longer. I would say less than a year. I mean, it's not like we're having to go fight in a war. Right. You know, I mean, that's um, that's really important. And I, I think, you know, people forget what, how long they have to wait for something. You know, I remember when I was 14, I knew at that point I wanted to leave home because my situation there, I grew up in a very, um, re- very strict religious um, <laughs> community. And, uh, and one of the things about it was that, um, you know, women definitely have their place. Women can do anything. Well, tell and them, Nancy, what, what was it? What I, was I, grew up as a, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. 
So education for women? No education for women. Uh, You know, it was okay if you found the truth, as they say, and you were a doctor. It was okay to be a doctor because you learned that before you became a witness. But I had aspirations to go into college. I mean, I wanted to be a genetic engineer of all things. Like, whoa, you know, people come up to me and say, oh, so you want to play God? And I'm like, no, I just want to, you know, improve upon some things that can be corrected and that would just like freak them out, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but, but the point is, is that when I was 14, I, I had to go through this rite of passage, if you will, to decide whether or not I was going to be a full um, a baptized witness. And I went through the, all the training and I realized, oh, I'm like, no, this, this isn't for me. And if I hadn't been baptized, I would later on, I would have been disassociated, disfellowshipped, which yes. would have been, cut off from, from that culture. And, but I wanted to re- maintain my relationship with my family. So I said, no, it's not the time for me. And so I waited for four years until I graduated from high school and then another six months until I could leave because I had to um, make money and things weren't going the way. And I had a lot of challenges. My biggest fear at that time was that I would get in an accident or some kind of situation where I would need a blood transfusion to save my life. And that is not allowed. And so for four years, I lived in fear that this would happen to me. (laughs) And I was so, I mean, when I got on that plane in Spokane, Idaho and took off and I flew to California to go stay with my grandparents, grandparents, because my grandfather paid for my ticket to leave home. I was very, very grateful, but I waited four years for that simple thing and you know college is four years long yeah uh people get married in a year you know they plan a wedding for a year and they will take on tremendous sacrifice for a year so another year to stay at home and have your groceries delivered or you know work your job whatever you have to do stay safe wear a mask a year and a half it's not that long and i think i appreciate you saying that because it reminds me of Um, So I actually moved to Mexico when I was eight. So I lived in Mexico between eight and 14. So for six years. And that experience allowed me to have a different context. Mm -hmm. So when we think about poverty in the US, it is not (laughs) poverty looks Mexico. When we think Mm -hmm. about community in the US, it's not what community looks like in Mexico, right? Like when someone dies, the whole town knows. Mm -hmm. And the whole town comes together and helps support you, even if they didn't like you. Even if they talked about you, talked about you. it's just what yes. you do. They are there for you, right? And they provide in different ways. And it's um, a young person dies in an accident and people learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they help you get through it. And I think there's this thing about, in Spanish, we have the word acompañar, mm-hmm. right? Acompañamiento. And there is this thing about acompañando a alguien through their loss, through their, you know, that kind of helps you do it together. And mm-hmm. we also have all these sayings, right? And I love it. There's one that says, hoy por ti, mañana por mi. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. always this way of helping someone and it's always them first. Yes. And eventually it will be you. Yes. And, it's, um, and there's some good, right? There's some good and not so good things about our culture. And I have to say that that is one of the things I love mm-hmm. is the fact that we get to help other people and it's not always about us, mm-hmm. which is so different than how we grow up in America. Oh yeah. Like I need to be number one because if you're even close and my chances are almost gone, instead of thinking there's plenty of space in this world for, for all, of, all us, of us. Yeah. Both be number one. 
that's the challenge. But I think we can decide now as adults what we keep and what we let go of. Like the traditions that we keep and those traditions, they're not working for us. I, it wasn't until college that I figured out how I could actually take care of my stress and my anxiety and I can actually do something for my body. I mean, that was, that was always on the back burner. I mean, first it was like mine, my mind opening myself up to college. And then it was like taking care of myself, being able to exercise the anxiety, the stress. Oh my gosh, that's been my saving grace here and now. I thank God I have a gym right here because everything's closed. Nothing's open. And it's just a matter of being able to physically get out there. It's not like I feel like walking out there every, you know, every day or whatever it is. But I, no. once I get out there, no. But once I get out there and I'm working out, I'm just, I can be there. I can be present. I can be um, taking care of, have great ideas. Somebody said, oh my gosh, when I'm in the shower, I have these great ideas. I'm like, oh my God, when I'm on the treadmill and lifting, I have some great, ideas. I have to have my computer there to write between sets. <laughs> but I think it's just so helpful. It's just yeah. like being able to direct our, I always say my inner bitch <laughs> in towards like the gym because then I come back and I'm a different person. Like the mess is okay. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. What are we going to eat? Well, let's, let's make something. It doesn't matter. But if I don't work out, I could tell like I'm a little bit on edge and that just makes a difference. And it's just being able to take care of myself, being able to teach Sophia how to do that. Now that's part of her lifestyle. We went and did the polar bear plunge on the <laughs> Yes. Somebody asked, what was it, water at the temperature? I think it was like 42 or something. Oh, my God. No, I've never done oh. that. I've, that was the first time I've oh, done really? that. Oh, really? Oh, I thought yes. you were just like, a, No, but from here I'll on out, let me year. tell you, I'm going to do it every year. I'll, I'll go I think it was year. just exhilarating. It was just, I screamed the whole time. I don't know if you guys seen the video. As <laughs> I'm walking up like, up. Oh, oh. <laughs> And Sophia, she's so cute. She's getting ready to get in there. And then um, Matt says, Sophia, you don't have to go in there. You could stay here with her. She's like, oh, thank God. She puts her jacket back on. <laughs> I saw her. I saw her. So, you know, and she sees us go through she's those. Smart she girl. sees these new. But she would have got in. Had she had her bathing suit underneath, she probably would have got in. You know, they just kind of see how you handle things. And I think that is like the most exuber exuberating, like <laughs> feeling of something. Now I see why like the Norwegians do it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to, even though it's not the first of the year, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'm, do I've, it. Got, do a, I've got an island year. on the island, so I'll just let's go do, do it. it. That, I was trying to get Michelle and other people to do yeah, it. Yeah, let's and do we're like, oh, we'll plan that. <laughs> yeah, so let's, I think we should all do it and we can video and we can kind of, put it all together. Yeah, mash like, it together. Like, yeah, mash it together. All of our, come on, Lena, you have warmer water. <laughs> yeah, <warmer>. exactly. <laughs> you California girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's cold. It's cold for us. Wait, wait. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you're not in Southern Cal? <laughs> going back, I'm in Northern California. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh. a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did have to say earlier, we were talking about developing skills, mm -hmm. you know, as we're going through this pandemic. Yes. And I have to say that we also have to be more aware that, our children's experiences are not ours. Yes. And so often I think we can say, right? Like, well, you don't have it as hard as we did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That mentality, instead of thinking, you know, our children, and I see this in young college students all the time, they're growing up to be more anxious than I've ever met, more insecure, 
-hmm. about their image, about their intellect, but they are the generation that knows the most. Yeah. I mean, if I would have known what they know, I'm like, wow, you could have gotten a doctorate yeah. as an undergrad. Yes. You know, but the fact is that we're always comparing to something instead yeah. of saying, let's just let it be. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get through this. I had to learn that. I got to tell you, because um, encouraging words were not very big in my, in my house. I had to learn how to just give good feedback first and not say anything at all. I mean, it was good practice having Jameson as well, because um, I would think that I think, oh my gosh, you have two homes. I remember telling him that it's fantastic. You have two homes and you have your room and two homes, you know, because I think he was embarrassed about having two homes or having his parents that didn't get married. But when we got when I was getting ready to marry Matt, I told him, I said, you know, um, do you know that I'm going to marry your father? And he said, I said, do you know what that means? And he said, we're going to have the same last name. And I said, yeah, and we'll live together. And I, I, I really try to explain to him that, but I think every individual is going to go through their own struggles in order to develop those skills. And I think empathy is a real big one when you were talking about growing up in Mexico and how people just gathered. I think they were very sympathetic, very, very empathetic. And I think that's where we lack. We lack that um, putting ourselves in, in our kids' shoes. I think I have to sit down. I have to play with Sophia because she astonishes me sometimes with her wisdom. <laughs> I don't like seeing things through a kid's eyes are, are very, she has a great imagination. And I just, I cry sometimes because I think like, like I didn't grow up with that, you yeah. know? And it's fantastic just to watch it. So I'll, I'll like sit back and I'll let her play house and hang out and um and say, okay, mom, now I'm gonna be the mama and I'm yeah. I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna take care yeah. of you. And, and it's just beautiful, you know. You might want to tell our listeners who Jameson is. Yeah, Jameson is. I have a bonus kid. Uh, I met him with. He was my husband's son, and he was five when I met him. I was the person that was mostly at home, especially these last five years as well, because um, Matt traveled a lot and he was over at our house a lot. So um, he's half Chinese and half white. I should also mention that my husband's white too, because it does play a role in how we raise our kids, yes. <laughs> you know, and, um, and it's just different cultures. We are a blended family. It took me a while to really understand that, but it really is the blending, um, his mom is first generation. She was the first in her family to, to be born here. So she's Chinese. So there's also a lot of like the physical touch or maybe eye contact or things that are very different. In our house, it's very quiet. In our house, it's very loud. <laughs> it's very different. He has to learn how to adapt. And he, he is a, a, a highly sensitive child, but he is super intelligent and super creative. And we are just having to learn how to interact with each other. And now he's coming into adolescence. So I do have to tell you, that's a whole different podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, you know, my, my children, I have Isaac who is nine and Asul who is 12 going on 18. It's important to be able to contextualize. Yes. And your husband is uh, Dominican. He's Dominican. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is very different. Even though a lot of people think 
well, is it just the accent or the word? <laughs> no, it's really different. It's a whole different culture. And, and you, you also have like two different races. He's Afro-Latino, right? right? So your kids are Afro-Latinos. I mean, there's Af a whole different. Yeah. I mean, a lot of indigenous. Yeah. And, and even like the hair and all these things that people thought. It was funny when last week, uh, Nicole was talking about having time for her hair. To I was like, Nicole probably should have said something about like, I have black hair and I have to be careful with it wetting and kinking up and having problems with it. But it was just, it's, it's hard to understand that. But I think once you culturally and like a blended family means like there's so many things about that. Cause I have to balance, I have to balance that between like, letting Jameson have his own childhood and then teaching him how to take care of himself in the yeah. process because it is very different than the way I grew up. And, and I made mistakes. It's hard. It's hard to completely do that. And as parents, I think we do make mistakes and we just have to own up to them. I apologized and just, I'm really trying to just be more empathetic. What I was going to say was, you know, as you touched on it earlier about um, sharing with our kids and teaching them things. But I think one of the really big challenges that I have is to, you know, when we say, oh, you have it so much better than I did as a kid. But I have to realize that, you know, that wasn't yeah. normal. And um, we really didn't, ha you know, you, the three of us really didn't have, uh, you know, a, a normal childhood, right? Like no. I had to take care of myself and my mother and everybody else at a very young age. And and the thing is, is, I want my kids to have a normal childhood. And so let them be kids and let them have the suffer, the disappointments and everything, the challenges when they become adults, but to shepherd them along the way. And um, so I, my oldest boy, Finnegan, he is very insightful. And, and I'll start to tell him stories. He's like, Mom, is this another one of your tragic tales you're going to tell? Oh. Oh my God, the kids give it to us the way they see it. See, they don't sugarcoat it. They don't sugarcoat so it. But I have a question for you. Does Do your children feel like they've had a normal childhood? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So they do. Yeah, they do. Because and sometimes I think we can think that, but I wonder if they think that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've asked them a couple of times, you know, as the years go by, I'm like, are you okay? Uh, do you feel like things are difficult and my youngest boy Elijah he's very much like me and I ask him all the time you know often I'm like how you feeling are you okay are you stressed out I'm like you know you can tell me anything and he's like no I'm good mom I'm, I'm okay and, and so I have the relationship with my kids that they can come talk to me now I, I know it's a little more challenging with my older boy because he's a teenager now he doesn't want to always speak but you make a really good point and um, I, I know that the pandemic has greatly affected my oldest boy Finnegan it's been very very stressful for him he's he lost a lot of weight mm -hmm. um the first mm -hmm. semester of this year or you know from September to December he lost a lot of weight because he was stressed out about school and all of the zoom classes and everything and so um that is a big factor now um but we're aware of it and so we're we're taking means to help him you know remember to remind him to eat and to be yes. mindful of the, of the stress levels. I'll do that with Sophia. I'll check in with her as well. Like, how are you feeling? How are things going? How do you feel safe? Do you feel loved? And do you feel protected? Those are some mom told me that was like a big three questions you should always ask your kids. And I got to tell you, that was one of the best advice that I got because 
I can ask Sophia that. And she's like, now she's, oh, mom, yes. <laughs> and so it's like she knows everything. But I'm like, that's really important for me, baby. I want you to feel like you can tell me anything. We don't have any secrets. Set our boundaries. This pandemic has made us think about our personal safety, for one, and set that up because they could easily be tested. We were tested earlier this year. I mean, in the holidays too, Sophia's birthday was in December. And so we always have a big celebration and a big party. And, and that was different. So, cause we're not having anybody in the house. So we had to celebrate her birthday outside. And then we had to celebrate her birthday, maybe with her extended family on zoom. And some of my family don't do zoom, which was, it was kind of, I was kind of sad. You know, my sisters did hop on towards the end, but we had already um, saying happy birthday and you know you can only get a five-year-old to be in front of the computer <laughs> for a certain amount of time it was really challenging I gotta tell you and but I've also decided that whatever we do we have to be consistent because Sophia doesn't just listen to what you say she listens to what you're doing when we started taking her back to school and it was outside some kids were not they weren't wearing masks and so she just set her boundary down and said, I don't want to go back to school. And so then I had a conversation with the teacher and she was like, oh yes, we're going to have that as a mandatory because some kids aren't putting their masks back on. And that, it made Sophia nervous because she, at the beginning, just think about how we felt last February, last March. We didn't know. We were scared. All of us were scared. We were willing to do whatever it was. And now it's like that pandemic fatigue where we're tired and we want to get together with people. But this is where all those numbers are, or all the numbers are going up and it's the holidays. So people are traveling and are just being a little bit more lax. So we have to make it a point to be a little bit more on top of it and do things outside. We have a fire pit. Uh, we're building an outside kind of um, barrier or a gazebo kind of for the weather because it rains here. <laughs> yes, a lot. And we're going to be outside more. If we want to socialize with our neighbor, then we're going to do it outside. We did that for uh, New Year's Eve. We were outside. We had little sparklers and we we're having a, a glass of champagne and bringing in the new year. You know, I miss my family, but it's also you have to do what's important to you. And it's okay to let go of the things that that don't work for you anymore. Like in I, the traditions yeah. that don't work for you anymore. I appreciate you talking about Zoom and how different it is with families. Mm -hmm. And earlier you had started the conversation about how, do, how are we still communicating? How are we still staying yes. in touch with those relationships? And I have to say that in years past, because my break is always like two weeks in, in December, I think about all the people I want to talk to that I haven't mm -hmm. talked to in a long time. Yeah. And I set up this time, but this time around, I really didn't. There were a couple people, but it was only when I was driving that I would call. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to waste my family time. Yes. Like yes. take time away from them to just mm -hmm. talk to someone else. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that they weren't as important. It was just that this feeling of like Christmas just being us. Yes. You know, like this holiday, spending quality time with one another. And creating our own traditions. You know? Yes. 
Like it wasn't all about getting gifts. I mean, Sophia, it's so funny. She can only open like a gift or two. She's done for a while. We made cinnamon rolls earlier that week, two weeks prior, we started making like cookies, polvorones. And Which I loved. <laughs> yeah. It's like making those and then sending them to people or sharing them with people. And that is our, our new tradition because obviously we can't spend time with them, but we can, you know, make something for them and then have a, a door delivery and have them enjoy it as well. So we did that. And it was nice because we did all the baking and we did all the cooking. I didn't really feel like cooking New Year or Christmas Eve, which is normally how when we celebrate it with other family. But we actually ordered Thai food and just enjoyed our time together and just yeah. lounged around and opened up gifts very slowly the next day. And it was a precious time. You just have to be open. Sometimes it's hard for people. It's like, I'd rather be there. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't be here. <laughs> I'd love to have you, but that's where the 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 boundaries kind of come around. And I think you, you just have to learn to be open and to know that there's other ways to communicate that could still provide that. Like, I love this. I've been talking to Lena. I've been talking to Nancy. I think every now and then, you know, I'll have a conversation that's like an hour long <laughs> when I'm walking or whatnot. But I miss that because I, I realize that I'm still connected to people training people online, seeing them physically. Some people were like, oh, I'm okay. I'm just going like, to, I, I need to get back on your schedule. I've gained a lot of weight. <laughs> and I'm just like, listen, it's accountability. It's just that seeing around, being around it, it just makes it more important to you because it may not be important to other people, but when you're around people that also take care of themselves and you want to take care of yourself too. I mean, it's, it, that's part of the tribe. That's why I'm talking about the tribe and I have you on because you have all been a part of that. You have all been my support. And I think that's really important to people for people to see that you are not alone and that we are all going through these things and we're handling them different and it's okay. It just, you have to do what works for you and you well, have to still connect. But that's part of the, the coping skills that you speak of. Like yes. when I was a child, I, you know, would ask for help. And of course I wouldn't get it because I was, you know, a little Mexican girl that no one wanted to help, <clears throat> but I just kept asking, mm -hmm. kept asking and kept asking. I got no a lot, but I knew that a yes was inevitable. Yeah. So I just kept, you know, and I found my allies and, mm -hmm. you know, so that's what I've done now in my adult life. And even with this pandemic, like, you know, you talk about your tribe, we are all allies of one another. And so when I have a bad day, um, I'll, you know, and what's really great is like, Adriana, you know, when I'm having a tough time, because you haven't heard from me in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So I get this call or text room. It's like, oh, yes, I am. You know, and, and that's the, the beauty and the power of having your family that you choose, right? Yes. And, and having those relationships, you know, to, yeah, having those relationships to be able to talk about those things and, um, and I'd rather it be from business. Like, I don't know if I mentioned this, but it, most of my clients, I think two of them, Kate was in, in health already. So she was already getting the word down from China in February. So she was the first one that got a little nervous and was like, I don't know if we should meet in person. And then it kind of went around. And one of Shanti, one of my other um, uh, semi-private persons was like, Adriana, just do Zoom. Let's just do Zoom. 
And so she actually got me started, talked to Devin, which was another trainer that was uh, up north and her husband got me set up with Zoom and it went from there. I had to like be resourceful and start checking out Zoom and and how you record. And I've had the ability to do like an active stretch video for some people where they're like, can you do a little video for me? I'll pay you. I don't care. I just want something to do every day, like 10 minutes. All right. We make it happen. uh, Yeah, exactly. That is part of it about being adaptable. Yes. Challenges, seeing yourself through adversity. And, and what I always tell people is when you start to see, that's the advantage that we have. We, we see things happening and we are not in denial about it. Like I, I see the writing on the wall, like this, something's happening here and I'm going to take, I'm going to get first mover advantage and I'm getting the heck out of here. I'm getting on the fastest train, leaving Dodge now because I'm not going to be the last one standing with an empty bag in my hand and no place to go. <laughs> yes. I learned growing up. Yeah, you have to get it done. Like you have to make it happen. We were scared. Of course, it was all scary. What do you do with that? Well, what can you do with that? Like, how do you make it happen? Most of my business was personal relationships. The more I talked to you, the more I, I was like, we need to have a podcast and talk about these things. And I just felt how it really did help my spirit, you know, knowing that I was still connected with other people and they were going through things and getting advice, not like directly, like this is what you should, but like in the sharing aspect of it, I just learned from you the way you're mothering, the way you're handling your career. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you watching on Netflix? (laughs) All these things, I think they're great and they're so important for our spirit because we do in a little, we do need a little downtime and we do need a little getaway. I mean, the getaway could be like in your car. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And you know, Diana, earlier we had talked about those things, right? The fact that we are able to fill in gaps that we mm-hmm. have forgotten about. Yes. That we didn't remember. And it's been so wonderful to remember. I think it's so good to like look back and be grateful. When we were having that conversation and you reminded me about Pepe, your brother, and I remembered like, oh my God, this guy used to feed me at his restaurant. He'd have me over and say, come and do homework over here. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I just love that because I just realized, wow, there was always people around that understood that wanted to help me out and didn't realize like how important that was think about all those people in your life what I tried to do this year was write cards and letters to those people and and let them know that I'm super grateful and it helps me just be in touch with that gratitude and it and it, it keeps my head just right because then you're not worried about what you don't have you're like grateful for what you do have And I think that's really important. Journaling and writing all those things down. That was my big uh, takeaway this year is like, write some things that you want to see accomplished. Because if you can write them down, then you can see them happening. Possibility and then see them through. That's why I was, I want to do this podcast, but I also want to be able to bring different people together talk about these little things that we do by ourselves. I know, right? But, But they could seem, they could be like maybe keeping the word to yourself of like, you know, getting up when you say you're going to get up (laughs) or meditating. Sometimes I know sometimes meditating, sometimes my meditation will go like real quick. And I, I, I have exactly what I want to pray for exactly like what I want to think about my breath. And sometimes it'll go so slow. I'll look at the clock like, Oh my God, (laughs) what's going on? And so then I will go back and I will read books that help me with my prayers that help me be in touch with 
knowing specifically what to ask for. And that's just what makes you happy. I mean, it could be a, a simple thing as like joy, like feeling happy, even when you're not. So I've been watching a lot of uh, inspirational movies. I've been, I watched the Queen's Gambit. I mean, Nancy thinks that that was so good. I just thought you can see yourself through that and in that. And it was very inspiring, can really help you out when it's, when it's hard, but you just have to be able to write about it and journal about it and, and remember and be grateful for that. You know, one of the things I have really appreciated uh, in talking with you, well, number one, I always look forward (laughs) to this time of the week. Thank you. We do. We do. And two, it's a fact that we get an opportunity to leave something to our children Mm -hmm. that it's a legacy of things that they might have never learned about us. Yes. Never known about us until they hear it. Yes. And there's a document Mm -hmm. that captures our voices, our thoughts. So precious. It's different when it's talked amongst your group, amongst the elders amongst your friends and your people than when you're giving it to them. Like when I was Yuri. <laughs> yes. like, it's, it's just it's funny. Uh, my oldest boy Finnegan, he always, he has been telling me for months. He's like, mom, when are you going to write your memoirs? You should, you should do your memoirs because your stories are so good. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. It's so, oh, good. so good. So it's I tough. started recording them. Yes. I think those are beautiful. I started writing um, emails to Sophia and sending her videos and pictures. I, I set up a little email for her and I, I do that. And I, I try to do it monthly, if anything, and just highlight like the important things. But I think this is, is it's a really good conversation to have because I think when they're older, they'll be able to understand that a little bit more. You know what, Adriana? I did the same thing for my children, both of them. Mm-hmm. I opened up a Gmail account for them. Mm-hmm, I created mm-hmm. a Google Doc that I shared with them. Every day for a long time, I would write like just a few sentences, yeah. things they said, they did. And now that I go back and read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot so much of that. Yes. Wow. It's See, really, that's so and, nice. And I'm hoping I'm, to give it to them when they graduate from high school. I'm, oh, that is going to be beautiful. That is really going to be beautiful. I think it's just because it's so hard to get rid of all the noise and all the polarization in the world. And we just have to bring it down to our local level and what, how can, how can I do my part? Like what Sophia, you know, how can I be a better mother? How can I be, I had to learn how to play too. I don't know if you guys had struggled with that, but I didn't really know how to play with my kids. Like kid time, like kids, like well, I, because when we were growing up, everything was about work. Um, yes. You know, so I had to learn to like shut that out of my mind. And um, it's because I, I met a mom and um, she was a family therapist and she said that playtime is very important. important and she says it's important work for children and I thought I didn't know that and and so I played and I enjoyed I basically had another childhood with my children. I learned about it from a therapist actually was telling us and she gave me a book about it. I had to really learn it's it's hard Jameson's boy, me being the stepmom. I know there's also some things that are a little hard to kind of mesh up, but I did my best and I read to him. Like, it's funny, Matt asked me, like, what kind of books did your parents read to you? They didn't. <laughs> and that was hard for him to understand. He was like, like, he couldn't really understand that, but that's what happens is you don't get read to. So then you, I love reading two or three books a night with Sophia and. 
Yes, you're having a hard time. Hey, this is Mama and so or Papa and Sophia time together. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know, but I think it really does make a difference. Writing things down. That was my big tip is write those big write yeah. things that you want to do, that you want to accomplish because the new year, I just think of it as like a new year, a new calendar date, a new decade. What do I want to see? What do I want to, I don't, I don't think of it as like all these lofty big things. I just want to see what, what, what can they see happen this year? I, that's the great thing about what Lena, what you were saying, hanging out with younger um, kids that are, are um, adults and they have all these dreams and aspirations and they see everything as possible. Yeah. It is so true because they help you inspire you. I used to have my nephews and my nieces come live with me for like a summer or whatnot. They want to lose weight. I just wanted, you know, have them around. They could help. I could give them money to, to, to help me run my business and my boot camps outside and actually see what, how the world is ran in a different perspective, like where people are working out there. There's, it's a different way of living. And I think it's always nice to have people around you that is different from you, that challenges your way of thinking. I mean, that's, yep why I like you as my tribe, like you would challenge me in my thinking. Like I remember Michelle had asked me, why does it make you mad that Jameson is kind of ignoring you or doesn't? And I'm like, I, cause that's disrespectful. And you don't disrespect your elders or what? <laughs> and she's like, because you weren't able to do that when you were young, which is part of being an adolescent. I was like, damn. <laughs> you gotta know that's the why. why yeah that's the why now I know why but okay. like right in the face I wouldn't have thought about it but it was great to have somebody bring that up to me and, and just see it differently and I, I appreciate that because it helps me grow and understand yeah, and really the why like uh when I was younger I I had a career in the army for 12 years and, uh, you know, being around young adults, so I was around 17 to 20 year olds, men all the time. And I was older, older than them. I was 29 or 26 when I went in and, uh, but I became an officer. And so after a couple of years, you know, I was an officer and, uh, I had to tell these men what to do, but to be a leader, to be a good leader, you have to do what you, t you cannot be above doing what you tell your soldiers to do. You have to be willing to do what you ask of them it kept me young, kept me on my toes. It, I had to be as strong, you know, I tried to be stronger than them. You know, the standard, I would always try to meet the 17 year old standard on the physical fitness test. You know, I would do exactly. as many push-ups and sit-ups and run as fast or faster than those, you know, 17, 18, <laughs> because I, you know, one, I was short, I'm small and I'm a woman. So I wanted them to respect me because I could hold my own against them. And so I, it was, I felt really fortunate. And when I got out of the army, it's like, I didn't have that peer group anymore. You know, suddenly you're like, oh, you're over 30. You know, it's like, oh, you're a woman. You know, we don't need you in the workplace. I'm like, oh God, you know, I was valued in my other job. Um, and so I, I appreciate that too. I, I, you know, I think maybe this year I'll um, try to, uh, listen to more of these younger voices and um, see yeah. what I can do to question my whys about the world. Um, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about all the times that I was cleaning the gym. I would, you know, at the beginning, I did everything, right? I was the front desk trainer, and then I had employees, and then I had a marketing directors, and I had uh, my website kind of manager, all these things afterwards. But I never forgot that it's okay 
to pick up a broom and sweep or to clean up something or to, um, it didn't matter. I mean, maybe that's probably, it doesn't matter what my status is or whatever it is. I'm always willing to clean and do whatever it is because I don't really care about like who I don't really care about the the subject at mind in the sense I just want to I would just want it to like be successful and I think that's part of the end game too is you just want to have a nice fun life I think about my um nephews they're like come on Thea I'll challenge you on pull-ups I said I'm ready let's go and they're like, never mind, I was just kidding. <laughs> and they're like, Thea, look at your guns. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just so weird because my, you know, uh, my family is very different. And when they see me and they just, they're always like in shock because again, we're little, I'm five foot one and I'm 118 pounds. And so to look at me and you're like, what is that? Oh, you're badass. Yeah. And so, so I can hold my own. It feels good. And that's probably why I love hanging out with my, you know, nephews because they can see, I'm like, anytime you guys want to come over and work out, I am open anytime. Like my sisters for a while, like did the zoom workouts for me and I was willing to do it. I'm like, as long as you show up, I'll be there. When you start, when you stop showing up, then <laughs> we can reevaluate this, but I'm there for you we are there for each other. And I think well, that's part and of the community. You're, you're being an example, you know, you're, you're being um, a leader. And that was something that I had to think about last year, you know, during the pandem- pandemic was I'm at home. I'm not able to get out. What, what can I do? And one thing that I grew up, you know, always wanting to be was, uh, I don't know if this was with you guys, but because I had challenges, I wanted to be the hero. You know, I was mm-hmm. the one who raced towards danger. And, and, and I knew that because, I was a problem solver. So I ended up being in search and rescue and then I went into the military and then I was a military police officer and then I became a public affairs officer. So I would tell the army story as a journalist and so on. And so now that, you know, I'm in a pandemic, my f- first thoughts were like, I have to do something. I have to help people. I have to, I have to volunteer. I, I need to protest. I have to do something, mm-hmm. but I have yeah. to stay home. And you then I read, bring this, it down. I read yeah. this quote and it was just the perfect thing and this person said it was a it was a tweet he said for the first time in history a person can stay at home and sit on their couch and save lives (laughs) yes it's so true that i can do (laughs) and it's so simple you can be a hero by staying home and so you know like you said bringing it down being a leader in your family you know doing these things like um, setting those boundaries, knowing what your truth is, what you're going to live by and accept and be patient with that end goal in sight. Mind, you know, yes. Yeah, I know, you know, they, they, we've been told, uh, well, we might all be vaccinated by, you know, the end of spring or something. I, I just like, because of my military experience, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take that estimate and double it. That way I'm not just... And if it happens soon, yes. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I, because we, we were both in the military, it's like we, our, our attitude is plan for the worst, hope for the best, yeah. and then adjust as time goes by. And that way you level set your expectations, which is a business term, and that way everyone's on the same page and the expectation for the outcome is one that we can all live with. I think that's a good way to end this recording. <laughs>
I think that's perfect. It's true. It's like letting go of what doesn't work for you and just hang on to what does work for you and surround yourself with people that understand and support you, not just because they think like you, but because they also challenge your thinking. All right, ladies, thank you so much. Thank I am going to, yes, and end this.